It's really, really simple. And so this engagement stuff and spam filter kind of takes a back seat. You get to skip that and you just get front row seats. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey, uh, it's Johnny McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy, and it's time for episode 50, the big 5-0, two weeks away from 52 episodes. That's one year's worth of podcast of the McMethod Email Marketing Podcast. Now, this is the show where you're going to learn about how to use email marketing to build your business. Okay, to make more sales, to get more engaged, responsive subscribers, and to make more of them buy your stuff. Okay, so this is going to be great. Uh, It's great information. Now, today I'll be talking to Brendan Doubles. Brendan is the deliverability expert with Entreport and Office Autopilot. So, now I'll tell more about the story in a second, but I was on on, uh, Quora which is a great, it's kind of like a Yahoo Answers for adults. And uh, this guy, Brandon, he was posting some killer answers to questions on email deliverability on how to stay out of the spam box, on how to get into um, the inbox with Gmail's new promotions tab. I was like, man, I got to get this guy on the show. I got to get him on the podcast because he's got some really good information. So that's what I did. Sent him an email and here we are. He is the postmaster. That is a, that's his official name over at uh, Entreport. So today we're going to talk about what is engagement specifically, why it's important, and some of the uh, the little known stuff, weird little tricks that you can do to get into the inbox to uh, boost that engagement. Now it's simpler than you probably think, than you probably heard. You don't need to know a million different technical tricks to know how to do this. A lot of it boils down to one simple strategy, which we'll get into. But he also had some interesting things to share, including how many replies you need to get to your email, but uh, to get Google or Gmail to make you go straight to the inbox and skip that promotions tab. So that's just one of the things. That was like a weird thing that I'd never heard of that uh, Brendan shared in this podcast. Um, I got a lot out of that. To get the show notes for this episode of the Email Marketing Podcast, go to themcmethod.com slash 5050. Now, if you want to leave a review, go to iTunes, hit up the iTunes store, search for the Email Marketing Podcast the, or the McMethod Email Marketing Podcast, and leave a review. If you leave a link in the review, I will read out your review in the show notes, including that link, so where you can get you a bit of traffic to your site. I would love to know what you think, and it really makes my day when you do this. Now, I've got one listener question before we get into this interview. Question is, how do you get traffic in a cost-effective manner? Now, this is an interesting question because a lot of people think, you know, they want to spend as little as possible on advertising, which I think is the entirely, you know, it's the, that's the backwards way to think about it. This is how I used to think about it, and I think this is how most people think about advertising and marketing when they first get into it. They look at it as an expense. But advertising is essentially a license to print money, especially when you know how to convert people with email marketing and sales copy and all those different, you know, building a sales funnel. Because advertising works like this. You spend $1, and maybe the first few times, you only make 50 cents on that. So you're losing money for a few weeks or a few months at first, but you split test and and you track your conversions and you make improvements, you know, and a few months later, for every dollar you spend, you make a dollar. You're breaking even. You keep doing all the testing and you do all that. And, uh, you know, you go and sign up to Visual Website Optimizer and you're testing your headlines and testing email autoresponder sequences and optimizing your ads. And, uh, you know, what do you know? A couple months later, for every dollar you spend, you're now making $2. Now, sure, if you could spend, you know, 10 cents and still make that $2, that'd be great. But that's not how the world works. You know, you got to play the cards as they lie. Let's say you can spend $1 and make $2. How much money would you spend on advertising? right? As much as you could, right? As much as damn possible, right? If you could spend $1 to make $2, then you could spend $10,000 to make $20,000, right? You could double your money, right? And, and assuming you had a virtual, you know, an unlimited market or an infinite supply of prospects, you could go and say, you know, you, you, have, you have an infinite potential to make money or an infinite, you know, 
runway. So this is how you need to think about traffic. And this is how I think that cost effective doesn't, like it's a wrong way to look at it. An ad is an ad. This is what a subscriber said to me recently. An ad is an ad. You lose money until you make money, right? You, you basically start advertising and test your way to profitability, okay? You test, you refine, you change, you know, improve conversions until you finally start making money. You don't off the bat start getting traffic in a cost-effective manner. You test your way to paying in a cost-effective manner. And that is just basically the point when you start making money on what you spend on it. Same goes for SEO. You can go and spend $1,000 a month on, you know, with an SEO firm. And that could be cheap if you're making $10,000 a month on that traffic, or it could be expensive if you're only making $50, right? So you've got to look at, at, at advertising and marketing you know, investment or expenses or the money you spend on it as investments in that they get a return and you can optimize them, you can work hard on it, you can change things to basically increase the return you get on it. You can double your money. Like I said, this is a license to print money when you get good at it. So don't think about how can you get traffic in a cost-effective manner. Think about how can you test your way to profitability? How can you, you know, if you don't have the money to spend on ads right now or, you know, SEO or something like that, how could you hustle up the cash to get to the point where you could spend money on it? Okay, because this, this is the fastest way to grow your business. Start with the ads. Perry Marshall calls this the expanding universe theory. Start with paid traffic, then do some JVs once you've got all your numbers down pad and your conversions are done. Because paid traffic is the hardest. Once you can get paid traffic working, everything else, you'll know what to do with everything else. You'll have a, a blueprint for what's going to work with JVs, for what's going to work for uh, SEO and all that stuff. So that's how you got to think about it. That's how you get traffic in a cost-effective manner. You make, you know, you, you increase your profitability so much so that you're making more money than you're spending on it. That's the secret, okay? Let's get into this interview now with Mr. Brendan Doubles. It's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. I'm here with Brendan Doubles, a deliverability expert. I think the deliverability man at uh, Entreport, Entreport and Office Autopilot. Uh, so he's in charge of making sure customers get their emails into, as far as I know, get their emails into uh, you know their customers' inboxes. So uh, I thought, I actually saw him on Quora. I was you know, clicking around on Quora, which is a great site, by the way. Quora.com. People ask these crazy, these very intellectual, I suppose, questions. It's kind of like Yahoo Answers for smart people. And uh, there's some great stuff on there, whether it's about, you know, does God exist or, you know, the best, uh, the most interesting things you've learned from split tests and some really intelligent responses. But anyway, that was how I found Brendan. He uh, he posted on someone's, I think it was, there was a thread on Quora about how to get your emails, you know, how to get get your emails read. What are the latest kind of stuff? What's the latest stuff that's going on that's really helping people out and getting their uh, emails read? And then Brendan jumped in there and had a, had a great response. So I thought I'd send him an email and get him on the show. So uh, that's what we're doing today. Brendan, how are you going today? Doing great, John. Thanks for having me. Good to have you on the show, man. Uh, before we get into the deliverability stuff, tell, uh, I mean, I've given the listener a bit of a background on who you are and what you do, but give uh, fill in a few of the gaps and tell people who you are. Yeah, so I've been working with uh, Office Autopilot and Entreport uh, as Postmaster now for about five years. I've worked with a ton of the top internet marketers in the world. And so having sent so many emails for so many marketers, I've really come to see a lot and gained a lot of information that a lot of people just don't have access to, especially considering that we send mail for everything from, you know, the hardcore internet marketers to mom and pop brick and mortar shops. It's given me some really unique insight and I'm stoked to be able to share it. Okay, cool. So you said Postmaster. That's that's your title at Entreport? Yeah, that's, that's that's my title at Entreport, awesome. yeah. That sounds pretty cool. It's pretty pretty all-encompassing, so not everyone's happy to hear from me. We do try to get our customers' email in the inbox, but unfortunately, sometimes we have to uh, have to be strict with our customers as well, make sure they're not getting complaints and bounces. So what specifically are you doing? You're, you're the guy who's in charge of making sure that emails get to the inbox and get opened, right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, another term that some people use is compliance or abuse at other companies. We're, we're trying to move away from that simply because we think your email service provider should be your partner and not sort of uh, big brother, yeah. as it were. 
Okay, okay. So do you have to, I'm curious, you have to reprimand many customers because they're being too aggressive and getting too many complaints? You know, I would say that we probably warn uh, about two customers a week. So really not that many in the grand scheme of things. And, and most of the time, it's really a case of people just not knowing. You know, you don't know what you don't know. And so with uh, a quick message and some follow-up education, we generally never see repeat issues, which is pretty awesome. Okay. Okay. And so you're finding that because you, obviously the emails that go through Office Auto like go through a, a few of your domains. So your job, is, I suppose, is to maintain the reputation of those, uh, you know, Office Autopilot on reports domains with, you know, with the various ISPs, so that you don't get blacklisted. So then all your customers, because I mean, this is this is getting pretty technical. I'm not. I'm not super technical and I, I'm not sure I fully understand this stuff, but the idea is if someone sends too much spam or too many emails that get complaints from your domain or through your service, that can ruin it for the other people. So your job is to make sure that that doesn't happen, that the domains stay in good standing, right? Exactly. So that way, anyone who's sending mail can be confident, A, that not, not only is their mail going to reach the servers, but if, for example, a friend of theirs signs up, right. that their their behavior isn't going to affect their buddy who signs up as well. Uh, so it's definitely a, a full-time job, and I'm really lucky to have a fellow associate who does deliver here. His name's Brad. Okay. So things are good. So how do we do this? I mean, that's the that's what I wanted to get you on on for. Because it's really in, in it's in your best interest, and it's in the best interest of you know of your customers of the of the clients who are sending the actual messages that you need to get the emails to the inbox. You need to get them read, so opened, and then ideally you need to get them engaged with, so clicked on, replied to, that kind of thing. Because this is all going to drive that sender score or the score of say Office Autopilot's domains up or Entreport's domains, so that Entreport looks better. You know, everyone's happy, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty accurate, and it's been a really interesting trend over the past, I would say, three years or so. Is engagement is becoming more and more important, and IP reputation is becoming less and less important. And we can clearly see this because all of our IPs here at Entreport are in the mid '90s range, so that's pretty solid, higher than most ESPs, in fact. Okay. But what's strange is is that we've got all of these people using the same IPs, yet some people will only get. 50 to 60% inbox rates while we have others regularly pegging 100%. So we're seeing that engagement and list hygiene by the individual marketer is really what's becoming king and IP reputation is becoming less important. Okay, so you just said something very interesting. You're saying that some people will get, because their engagement scores are low, they'll only get five or six out of every 10 emails into an inbox. Yeah, yeah, and, and to be honest, that's not even worst case scenario. I've, I've had people who have gotten down to 15 or 20% oh simply because they just send so much cold mail. And, you know, they get so used to an open rate that's slowly declining yeah. that they think that nothing's wrong and it's just business as usual. And so for me, at least, it's one of my favorite things about my job is to be able to contact them and work with them and say, hey, you know, you're messing up. Let's fix this. And sort of seeing them light up when their inbox rates go back up to in between 80 and 100 percent and their open rates double or they triple. It's a really, really cool thing. So when you're, I'm curious, so when you're getting like 50, 60 percent like inbox rate, what sort of open rates are you going to see on that? You know, to be honest, it really, really depends with uh, what business you're in, how frequently you mail and how well you've set your expectations. I would say someone who gets 50 to 60 percent inbox rates on average probably be getting about a 5 percent open rate. You know, granted, like I said, that is a, a gross generalization simply because it varies so much by your target audience uh, and your frequency of mailing. Right. Okay. Okay. So 
let's talk about engagement then, because this sounds to be the key issue. It's not IPs. Well, just to clear something up, actually, I was speaking to a friend recently. We had a we had lunch here in, in Thailand, and he said, oh, what was he saying? He, he started talking about the podcast. He'd said he'd listened to a few episodes. And then he asked me, he gave me this idea to go and get some some more interesting uh, you know, people on the show in terms of, I've been doing lots of copywriting guys and marketing guys, but it'd be good to hear from, see someone like you on the mm-hmm. deliverability side. And he mentioned stuff that I have just no idea what's going on. I have no idea how it works, which is you know not just the IP address, but the email header that I think it's called the SPF records, all the technical yeah. details. Do they affect mm-hmm. the deliverability? They definitely, definitely do. The, the nice thing, though, is if you're with a professional email service provider like Entreport or any of our competitors, that's going to be handled for you. Mm-hmm. The truth of the matter is, is if you don't have that infrastructure in place, your mail just simply isn't going to get delivered at a rate that makes sense. You know, there's a ton of great resources out there for how you can create an SPF record, which stands for Sender Policy Framework, or a DKIM record as well, which is also equally important if you're looking to do some self-hosted email. The one other thing I would suggest if you are looking to go the self-hosted route. DMARC is also very, very important. It's one of the newest authentication methods they've created. Hmm. The short version, basically it makes it so that you know if someone is trying to impersonate you via email. So if you have high brand value and you think someone may benefit from impersonating you via email, DMARC is key. D-M-A-R-C. Interesting. Okay. So are you doing DMARC with the, the Office Autopilot stuff? Is that or Entreport? Yeah, yeah, we are. We have DMARC authenticated on all of our outgoing mail uh, simply because we don't want anyone trying to trick our customers. Right, right, okay. So this is, I like, the, this is very interesting. The IP address, that technical stuff, sounds like it's gradually becoming less and important. Like you talked about engagement. So what, what is engagement specifically? So engagement is just the monitoring of the touch points that your customers have with your emails. So if you think back to how email has evolved over the years, when it started, it was completely unregulated. As time progressed, people started using it for marketing, which isn't its original intention. Originally, it was just like, holy crap, we can send information from here to Washington in three seconds. And that blew people's mind. It was one-to-one communication, right? And then marketers came along and like, wow, we could make a killing with this stuff. So then email marketing was born. It it made sense. It was much uh, less expensive to communicate with their prospects and their customers. However, some people went down the route of spamming and kind of ruined it for everyone. Then ESPs noticed that the people who received spam frequently would just shut down their accounts and move to another provider, which was a major bummer. So they realized they had to start regulating what was going on. Hmm. And IP reputation worked for a while, but it became very apparent that a spammer could get an IP, do a broadcast to, you know, 5 million spammed addresses, and then just buy a new IP and then mail from there. And so IP reputation didn't cover it all. It wasn't the end-all be-all. So now they measure, all right, well, how long do your readers have your email open for? In other words, how long are they reading it for? How often do they click it? Do they delete it right when they get it or do they file it away and read it later? How many times do they open it? Google actually has a very, very advanced algorithm for this. And uh, they've, they've published it in a white paper if you check out their blog. To be honest, it's a little too complicated for me, but uh, it's a very, very interesting read. The bottom line is if your people aren't engaging with their email, you're going to see lower and lower open rates. And you're going to start to see that 50 to 60% inbox rate we were talking about earlier. Okay, okay. So the big picture win here for people to understand is that when when they're sending an email, they need to, I mean, we'll talk about the specific stuff that they can do in a second, but they basically need to, I mean, I've been doing this my email, so you need to get people to reply, you need to get people to click stuff, you need to get, uh, you know, if you've got resources in emails, like you said, I, I didn't even know some of this stuff, like how, so Gmail tracks how long the email is open for, as well as how many times it's clicked, how many times 
times it actually gets open. So that you're saying there's a whole bunch of different metrics that Gmail uses to figure out, kind of like how Google does the rank sites or, or the Facebook algorithm with the page rank, whatever it's called. They figure out what email is important and what's not. And if you just simply, if you're not important, if you're not sending valuable stuff that's helping people, it's just not going to work. Exactly. Yeah. They, they even keep track of how far down you scroll down below the fold. Wow. Um, they, they literally track everything you can imagine. Okay. So in that sense, I got... I, mean, I can think of so many different ideas. Let's go through this stuff. How about we just go through all the different metrics that they track and then what you can do to, you know, to get a good metric? Definitely. My first and, and favorite is just simply asking people to add you to their address book. It's really, really simple. Basically, if you're in someone's address book, you're whitelisted with them. And so this engagement stuff and the spam filter kind of takes a back seat. You get to skip that and you just get front row seats right into the inbox. Even better, if it's priority inbox and you're in their address book, you're going to place even higher in their folders. So I think some people are going to hear that and they're going to think, oh, like, there's no point asking my subscriber to put me in their address book. There's no way they're going to do that. So are you saying you can say this and people are actually putting them in their address book? Yeah, I would say generally about 5% of readers take action on it. Okay. Uh, another way that you can be added to someone's address book, and this way is kind of sneaky, but it also works. Uh, if you get someone to reply to your email twice, and most email providers that will add you to their their contact record. It's true in Gmail, and it's also true in Hotmail. So that's something that you should definitely take into consideration. Ask for a reply. Okay, and then once you get two replies, you're in their address book. Exactly, and then you're golden. Damn, okay, that's that's some ninja stuff. Okay, what's next? So next up is going to be just overall opens. So I've seen a lot of people in the past do anything to get that open. So obviously subject line is key when you're hunting for opens. The problem is, is if you're using that sort of anything goes in the subject line method, you're going to lose credibility. And so sure, you'll get that first open. But guess what? Next time they're going to see your name in the front line and be like, oh, <laughs> And then, you know, you're going to end up in their trash can or their spam box. So it's really just being clear and interesting with their subject lines. Now, I know that that's kind of uh, obvious, uh, but far too often people will say anything in the subject line to get the first open. You just want to make sure you summarize your email to get the click. That's what I found too, is that like it's not, you know, with email, especially with a subject line, you don't have to be clever or anything like that. Often it's as simple as just finding a, a really concise way to say whatever's in the email. Because then what will happen is the sort of person that would respond to whatever's in the email will be attracted to the subject line and will open the email. There's no point. Everyone else who, who the email content's not relevant to, there's no need for them to open the email. If it's not going to help them, there's no need to make them or try and trick them into opening the email. That's a waste of your time. That's a waste of their time. Totally, totally agree with you. Yeah. Okay. So we got okay. So ask people to add you to their address book. Overall opens. So, but you, it sounds like you're saying don't focus on the single open, right? Focus on how can you uh, how can you cultivate uh, an ongoing long you know long term open rate. Agreed, agreed. And and this is another one that you know is, is semi nebulous, but have that that conversational tone. You know, people at least in my experience, people don't like being spoken to in emails. They like being spoken with, right. um, you know, be it, be it as simple as asking them, you know, what, what they want to hear about via a survey or asking them how often they want to hear from you. I know one of the best engagement tricks I've ever seen is companies set up a survey specifically and asked how often their subscribers wanted to hear from them. And it seems so simple and so obvious, but it made a huge, huge difference. You interact with people how they want to be interacted with, not how you want to interact with them. Right. That's actually one of the features of Office Autopilot, right? You can go, so if you hit unsubscribe, it'll actually give them an option to change the mailing to once a week, right? Yeah, yeah. Through various tagging methods, it's definitely easily easy to set up with uh, OAP. 
Okay, interesting. So, all right, so we got those two things there. We got opens and then we got writing conversationally. What's the next thing? The next thing uh, is with Gmail. So I'm sure many people have seen primary social promotions tab. Yep. You know, marketers were all up in arms saying that their businesses were going to explode and their professional lives were over uh, because of this one change that Gmail made. <laughs> If you're smart, you can actually use this to your advantage. Uh, I really suggest putting a call to action in. If you have an advanced autoresponder service that can fire off rules, you can set up a rule so that anytime someone gets added to your database who has an at gmail.com in their email address, automatically fire them an email that says, hey, we want to make sure that you get all of our stuff. So to make sure, just drag this email over into primary. That's very cool. And so then from then on, you'll automatically hit the primary box. And that dragging over into the primary uh, tab is one of the biggest compliments to Google's engagement metrics there is. So that's, uh, that's something else to take into consideration. Okay. Okay. So you can tell them to drag it or you can send them an email like that. What are some other ways? Like, So if they're interacting with the email, I've often wondered about this. If you send them an email and it ends up in their promotions tab and they go through it, if they reply to it a certain amount of times or click on things a certain amount of times, is that going to move you to the, the main inbox? Yeah, it is. It is. So that's also something else to consider. And based on engagement, you can generally tell whether you're ending up in the promotions box or the primary box, you're going to get less opens, obviously, if you're hitting the promotions box in Gmail. And it's a little bit different with every business, but I highly suggest going and checking out just your Gmail section of your list yeah. and seeing where you're coming through consistently and getting opens and where you're not, and then sending less mail to the people that you're not getting opens from. And okay. this makes sense when you think about the, the grand scheme of things. So if email delivery is a lot about engagement and it's also a lot about percentages, uh, if you think about complaints and bounces, it's a percentages game. Well, if you're sending more engaged email than unengaged email, that percentage is going to steer you in the right direction towards the primary box. Right. So I highly suggest mailing your active engaged users who have opened or clicked an email from you, say in the past six months, mail them twice as much as you mail your inactive people. And you're going to start to see a big shift in the way that your new subscribers interact with you. Okay. So this would be an interesting business idea. I don't know if you guys are doing this yet, but say like a smart email autoresponder service that what happens is uh, it, it basically changes the rate at which it sends email depending on how people interact with it. So let's say if someone enters your sequence and they reply to your first email and then they click a link in the second email, they're going to be getting daily email or something like that. But then if they stop replying or if they stop opening, they gradually get less down to say, I don't know, maybe you could set the setting so it's a, a, a minimum of once a week and a maximum of once a day. And depending mm -hmm. on how often they interact with it, basically you could have an algorithm that then caters or, or structures or sends the autoresponder based on their engagement level. That'd be very interesting. Yeah, yeah. And that, that is actually completely possible with Entreport or Office Autopilot. It is a very, very amazing tool. And that's one of my favorite things about the platform is it's very, very flexible. So if you can think it, chances are uh, we'll be able to do it. Okay, okay. Well, one thing, uh, I usually, sometimes when I interview people, if they've got a lot of data, I'm always interested in asking something like this. But here it is. Mm -hmm. What's the most interesting or some of the most counterintuitive things you've learned from you know, helping uh, doing the marketing for you know, all these big name marketers with lots of uh, data? One of, the, one of the funniest things I've ever seen is that uh, a marketer actually took our unsubscribe link and he attached it to the top of one of his emails. And then he put a red banner and it said, complain or this is spam or something of the sort. And so whenever anyone would open one of his emails, there's this big honking red button that says this is spam at the top of his emails. <laughs> and his messages have gotten some of the lowest complaints I have ever seen. Because <laughs> instead of clicking the in-app, 
this is spam button and a complaint being sent to Hotmail or to Yahoo and it penalizing his sending, right. they would click the what they thought was a spam button, which was really an unsubscribe button. <laughs> so they would just be unsubscribed. I, I thought that was pretty trick and pretty awesome. Right. So did he notice his, did his unsubscribe go, rate go up or down with that? So the unsubscribe rate went up slightly, but I would take an unsubscribe versus a complaint any day. Okay. You know, an unsubscribe, you know, it's one of those things that people don't unsubscribe because they want to buy from you. You know, like just like happy people usually don't get divorced. It's kind of the same thing there. Like they're unsubscribing for a reason and that's okay. Right. If they don't complain, then you're better for it. Your list is cleaner, your list is more engaged, and you're better off without them. Okay, okay. Because it's like the spam, the spam complaint will hurt you. It hurts the domain, it hurts the center score, it hurts the, you know, Google's algorithm engagement score. But if they just unsubscribe, they're just saying, yeah, it's, it's not for me. It's all good. Exactly. Good exactly. Yeah. And, you know, the ISPs out there, they understand that too. That's why they have feedback loops. So when someone complains with one of the major providers, it actually sends out a notification, assuming your provider's hooked up with them, about them complaining so they can be unsubscribed. Okay. The idea is, is that they want unsubscribes too. Right, right, right. Okay. So I'm curious with with some of these guys. You probably have a. I guess. Do you have an engagement algorithm for so you can track the engagement for your customers? So right now, what we do is we just have a last activity field that updates based on whether someone has clicked an email or opened an email. Yeah. That's been uh, that's been sufficient so far. Looking forward, we are looking into more advanced methods, maybe having an automated scoring method. I know Mailchimp, who's another great ESP out on on the market. If you're only looking for email, they've got a five star rating system. So when you look at your list, they'll just break it down and tell you who's engaged and who's not, and who you probably shouldn't mail. With us, we have the data available, but it's really more of a judgment call than something we force on you. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. I'm just curious. What are, I mean, we've talked about some of the best, uh, you know, some ways to increase engagement. I'm curious if there's any, you know, what are the best customers doing? What, you know, what are the guys with the, with the, or the guys and girls with the highest engagement scores doing for engagement? Are they say like in, in my in my email in email one in my sequence, I ask people to reply, and then in email two, yeah. I usually get them to click a link, and then at various emails throughout the rest of the sequence, I'm asking them to click something or reply to the email with with feedback on something and and so yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I would say that all of these. These tricks definitely help, but at the end of the day, the guys who are doing the best are really the guys that are just out there to to help and to make a difference in the lives of their prospects and their customers. You know that sort of that true voice and that true intention. It, it can't be replicated. You know your customers can tell if you're trying to BS them into a sale. So if you're really just out there and providing value, your customers are going to engage whether you've got a this is spam button at the top or not. That that certainly helps, but content is key. Uh, I would say another really good thing is if you're really good at writing hooks in a paragraph or two, write a hook and then put a read more link to your blog. I know that's standard operating procedure for a ton of people, but that'll get you a click. Okay, okay. So that'd be a good way to just have a really engaged list is instead of giving them the content in the email, just give them that read more link. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Well, that sounds like a great note to end on. That it's more. That it's more about why you can go and figure out all these tricks and uh, you know these ways to hack. I guess the engagement. At the end of the day, what really counts is: Are you solving a real problem in the marketplace? Are you creating value? Exactly. And, uh, okay. Cool. Well, before we go, then uh, let's wrap it up here. Tell people where they can go to learn more about Entreport, Office Autopilot. I mean, what's the difference? What all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so uh, Office Autopilot is the current version of our software. Entreport is a new version, uh, 3.0. Uh, we're currently in beta, 
and we're getting less and less bugs by the day, which is awesome. We're looking to go live soon. So if you want to sign up, highly suggest check out officeautopilot.com. Don't worry when the new brand and the revamped version comes out, we will be doing account transfers. So no need to worry about that. If you shoot me an email as a listener of this podcast, I'm also offering a free 30 minute one-on-one deliverability consultation. So shoot an email to brendan at officeautopilot.com and we'll be able to get something set up for you. That was cool. Okay, cool, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show. This has been really helpful. Of course. Great. Thanks for having me, John. Uh, It's been awesome. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.